Padres, not just from the great state, but from the Garden State, I'm in New, Jersey. New Jersey, and who both went to the top university in the entire country, Rutgers <gasps> University. <gasps> Are you? For those of you who have not been followers of this podcast, we love talking betting on, NFL, on the NFL, the National Football League, but we are also passionate, passionate about our EDM, our electric dance music, whether it's house, whether it's tech, whether it's trance, whether it's dubstep, whatever it might be, we are passionate about the music that we listen to. And I am your host. It is me, Joshua, JT Buckner. And as always, never fails my compadre, John the Hedgehog. Donneth, he will teach you about hedging bets all day long. Welcome to week 10 of the NFL. John, how are you doing? We are here in week 10. Talk to me, kid. I'm doing great. How could I do poorly at this point? You know what season it is, right? It's hedgehog season. Hedgehog party. It is indeed. Hedgehog season. This is where we turn up the volume a couple of notches because it's time to hedge. Um, and for the people out there who, who haven't had experience with my version of a hedge here, my version of a hedge is I'm basically just talking about live betting. Um, and, you know, I haven't really done a whole lot of that this year, to be honest with you. And I've decided week 10 is when I turn on the hedge. Week 10 is when I go over the hedge, as they say. It's white sanity. sanity. Looking back at last week, um, one thing that JT and I do every week is we talk about the game that our favorite team is playing that week. I am a lifelong bleeding green Philadelphia Eagles fan. JT is a lifelong bleeding green New York Jets fan. Yeah, thanks. So we've, we've both had plenty of pain in, in our lifetimes. Of course, my Eagles are in a transitional phase, just trying to figure out if Jalen Hurts is our quarterback right now. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago they blew out the hapless Detroit Lions, came back at home to play the Los Angeles Chargers. And, man, I knew it. I knew. My let me, gut was let me just stop you there. Yeah. My green team is in a transitional phase, phase and they've been in a, in a transitional phase for, let's see, um, oh, let's see, since 1969? Yeah. Okay. Back to you. Uh, well, in that regard, maybe you've got your quarterback now. I don't know if you saw this on profootballtalk.com. I saw Mike White says that he thinks he should have been the number one overall pick this year. I did see that. I did see that. Indeed. You got to like the confidence. Love the cockiness for sure. But real quick, and I'm going to get into to my review from last week, but right now you have to make the decision. You have two seconds to make it. Are you rolling with Zach Wilson or Mike Wright? Mike White. Right now, gun to the head, 
Yep. Mike Effin White. Just over half a season. Damn. We'll see how that goes. But again, quick review of how I did last week. It's been an up and down year, to be honest with you. I haven't really knocked it out since week one. I know you've had some some pretty good weeks, and I know you're going to tell us about last week as well. Uh, Chargers came into Philly last week. Uh, They were giving two points. My gut really said to take the Chargers. You know, the Eagles had been playing so bad or poorly earlier in the year. I said that, you know, I'm just going to give the points every week. Coming off the big blowout over the Detroit Lions, I looked at the Chargers and I was like, man, I was like, if the Eagles keep running the ball, which they hadn't been doing, and it finally worked against the Lions because they dominated time of possession while running the ball, Chargers came into Philly last week as the worst rushing defense in the league. And I just thought if the Eagles continue to run the ball, they could finally win this game at home this year. They've been horrible at home. Chargers had a couple of uh, bad injuries with uh, both of their starting corners out. Uh, In the end, it's kind of interesting the way it worked out. The Eagles end up losing the game 27-24 on a field goal as time expires. But I was really more encouraged by that game than anything as an Eagles fan. Uh, The Eagles did run the ball tremendously, and we're going to talk more about that later. And you sort of got the feeling that the Eagles could have just gotten the ball one more time at the end of the game. They would have scored again. Unfortunately, the Eagles defense couldn't hold out. Chargers win. That call was wrong. I figured if the Eagles were going to run the ball, Boston Scott would play a big role. He had 60 yards the week before. But that didn't pan out either. The lead back for the Eagles last week was Jordan Howard. uh, And number two was uh, Jalen Hurts. My other prop for the game, though, was Keenan Allen over five and a half catches. I love that idea because I thought if the Eagles returned to their shell defense after being aggressive the week before, there'd be a lot of space underneath for a guy like Keenan Allen to just be a catch monster. And he was. I got the Keenan Allen over, I think, you know, early in the first half. He was averaging over six and a half catches a game going into last week. The over-under was five and a half, and he crushed that. So, Got the Keenan Allen, didn't get much else, but as an Eagles fan, uh, I, I was encouraged by that game. My second game was uh, Cleveland at Cincinnati, the ballot, the Battle of Ohio. Cleveland reeling with, you know, the whole Odell Beckham uh, controversy and, and letting him go. Um, at that point, the decision had been made. Baker Mayfield playing with a, a, an injured shoulder all year long. The Bengals had been 11 and two against the spread in their last 13 games against the Browns. And I was expecting a huge Bengals win after they were upset by the jets the week before. Uh, I mean, I figured, you know, that that was just a, an aberration losing to the jets like that. The, you know, the Bengals offense still played well uh, and actually, you know, had a chance to score a couple of more touchdowns and just couldn't come up, come away with it. And you know what? I just got this freaking thing wrong. Um, but I did see some of this game and like I was just telling you a little bit earlier, it was one of those games where everything that could go wrong kind of did go wrong. Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, leads the Bengals down uh, inside the Browns 10 earlier, early in that game and just had one of the, the worst, you know, two or three play stretches that I've seen, you know, just was holding on to the ball too long, took a horrible sack, uh, I think on third down and the, uh, Browns had jumped offside, giving the bank, the Bengals another shot at the end zone in the red zone and Burrow throws a 100 yard pick six. And it was off to the races from there. The, the Bengals were just stumbling, bumbling and fumbling did not look good. So I got that pick wrong because my pick was to uh, give the two and a half 
take the Cincinnati Bengals. I thought, I love that one. I thought that was an absolute lock. That didn't pan out. Just one of those games. That's gambling for you. That's gambling for you. Uh, I did get my favorite prop of the week last week actually hit in that game was Nick Chubb over six and a half receiving yards with no Kareem Hunt. I I thought that Chubb could uh, potentially get that on one play. He did. He crushed it. That one hit. Uh, My other prop for the game didn't hit, though. I expected Jamar Chase to bounce back. uh, And his uh, prop was 72 and a half receiving yards. He was averaging, you know, 107.7 yards before the Jets game. That didn't hit. Like I said, Bengals just had a horrible game, but ready to get back on that horse. Um, Man, how did you do that last week? I think you had some success early on, didn't you? I had the Midas touch last week, my friends. Last week, I did not. Why did Midas sound like Dracula right there? I did not have to take the Jets. I did not have to take the Jets. Let me repeat, I did not have to take the Jet game. So I took two separate games, two games that I really focused on, that I thought I had really good, um, you know, feelings on, gut analysis, everything on. I took the Falcons against the Saints. With the Saints coming off of the injury, with Jameis Winston going down, going with like a backup quarterback, whether it was Taysom Hill, whether it was going to be Trevor Simeon. I took the Falcons getting six. And I think maybe last week on the pot, it might've been six and a half, but I took the Falcons getting the points in this game. They out, they outright won the game, covered that game. Great pick. And my three props in this game was Matt Ryan overpassing Bingo, Cordell Patterson over receiving yards. I said last week he was going to have to be big in the passing game over receiving yards. Hit, bingo, and Mark Ingram coming back to the Saints over 28, I think it was 28 and a half rushing yards for the Saints against uh, the Falcons. Mark Ingram over 28 and a half rushing yards. Bingo, the, not the trifecta, the quadfecta. The quadfecta. Hit all four. Falcons, Ryan, Patterson, Ingram, hit all four of my bets, crushed that game. Could the kid do double duty on his second game? Double Boom! Patriots, Panthers, Patriots laying three and a half points. Who covered that game? You got it. The kid, me, boom. One prop. One prop in this game. Mac Jones under passing. Under passing. With the Patriots still covering the three and a half points. Hit that too. Six, four, six. Listen. Double play. Double play, double clutch, crushed the NFL last week on my picks. Double bang. Bonus games, bonus games early on. One o'clock games, I did phenomenal. I will not talk about the four o'clock games because 
That was an absolute disaster. Sorry, John, I followed you on Boston, Scott, and your other bets in that game, and it just led me down, not the Yellow Brick Road, but like the Grim Reaper Road, because I just did terrible. But early on, I had some good one o'clock bets, and I went back to my well with the field goal kickers. I took Graham Gano, field goals, points, hit them both, bang. Carlson in that Raider Giant game, field goals, hit that too. Jamar Chase receptions in that Bengals-Browns game that John had last week, hit the receptions over, but receiving yards, no good. And I thought the Ravens were going to destroy last week, giving seven points, and I did not hit that. And then they lost again uh, last night, Thursday night against the Dolphins. They got smoked, which is unbelievable how bad the Ravens played. But you know what? Another day, another week. We move on. My afternoon games were not great, but I think I salvaged probably about a plus two to three hundred dollars last week. And we move on to week 10, the second half of the NFL season, given 17 games. John, I'm going to give you carte blanche to start with your Eagles game. Talk to me. Where are we at? Oh, I'm happy to get this carte blanche. It tastes absolutely delicious. I'm not going to lie to you. It's the best carte blanche I've had in weeks. Um, so I'll start off with my Philadelphia Eagles, my three and six Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Denver to go at those Denver Broncos, those five and four powerhouse Denver Broncos in what used to be mile high. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater and the boys last week, like I said, Eagles fell at home 27-24 to the Chargers. Uh, but also, like I said, I did feel like the Eagles, you know, gave some encouragement. In particular, the coaching staff uh, continued with the change in philosophy to run the ball a lot more. In the last two weeks, the Eagles lead the league in rushing uh, attempts and also in uh, rushing percentage. They're, excuse me, I think 63 0.9% rushes over the last two weeks, which is a stark difference from the first seven weeks of the season uh, when they acted like their, you know, their, their, their running backs were some type of boxes not to be, not to be touched. Uh, the Broncos, on the other hand, huge, surprising win. They shocked the world last week going into Dallas and beating the Cowboys 30 to 16. They may have been up 30 to nothing at one point. Um, the, and the game really wasn't even that close. Um, it was just one of those crazy games. The Broncos relied on, on their rushing game and, and the Cowboys just couldn't deal with it. So coming into this game, uh, spreads moved around a little bit, anywhere from one and a half to three with the Eagles being the underdogs on the road. Right now it's sitting at two and a half on DraftKings. I think it's one and a half over on FanDuel. Uh, tough, tough game to call here. Um, the Eagles, like I said, playing better from an offensive standpoint, uh, the defense couldn't hold the chargers last week. On the other hand, the, the Broncos, both sides of the ball looked really good last week against the Cowboys and now they're at home. So which way am I going to go? I'm going back to the well, baby. I'm going back to the well. I'm predicting an Eagles win on the road in Denver Give me the two and a half points, but I'm predicting an outright win. 
Now, after just getting hosed on this last week, you might ask yourself, how could I go with the Eagles again? It really comes down to two things. One, I do think the coaching staff has figured out that they've got to run the ball and run it in a very uneven handed way, because that's how Jalen hurts can win. You know, he needs a different kind of offense. He needs an offense tailored to his style of play, which involves lots of quarterback rushes. He needs an offense designed like Lamar Jackson's offense. That's how you can be successful. And on top of that, even though the Eagles are on the road, the Eagles who used to have a vaunted home field advantage, that hasn't been the case in a while. As a matter of fact, they've played better on the road. They've played much better on the road. On the road this year, the Eagles have a plus 7.4 scoring margin. That's good for seventh in the NFL, and that's on a three and six team. You know, that's impressive. For whatever reason, whether it's distractions or something else, the Eagles have just played a lot better on the road. They're on the road this week, so I think that actually plays in their favor. Number two, the Eagles in the past two weeks, the change again, as I mentioned before, was running the ball. Just like so many Eagles fans have been dying to see, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And the Broncos are actually a top 10 rushing defense. However, that's on pure yardage. If you look a little bit deeper on DVOA, which measures, you know, whether it's, you know, team, you know, individual player, um, it. This is a, an advanced stat that measures a, a player or a team's performance in a particular stat area, but weighted in a, a number of areas, including like, you know, who they're playing against, you know, what the down and distance is, what the scoring position is, that kind of stuff. And it's supposed to account for all of these different factors and give you a truer ranking on how that team or player has actually done. And if you go by rushing defense DVOA, this quote-unquote top 10 rushing defense of the Broncos falls to number 22. So they'd be one of the 10 worst rushing defense it, defenses in the league when you account for all of these other um, factors. And on top of that, to further buttress that point, you know, the Broncos have been playing worse and worse, you know, especially since they lost Von Miller. They've allowed 5.1 yards a carry over the last three games, which is second worst in the NFL you combine the Eagles who are running the ball more and I expect them to continue to do that with a Broncos team that is worse at the run than the initial numbers might say and combine that with an Eagles team that has played really well on the road and then the last factor I look at is this Broncos team just had their signature win on the year at Dallas it's letdown time so I'm taking the Eagles take the two and a half points on DraftKings or where, you know, wherever you hear this podcast, whatever the best point spread is, whether it's on FanDuel, DraftKings, WinBet, Caesars, wherever, take the Eagles on that one. I love it. A couple of props. See a prop, take a prop. Jalen Hurts, uh, whether it's FanDuel or DraftKings, you're looking at either 45 and a half uh, rushing yards a game or 47 and a half rushing yards per game. And like I said, I like the Eagles because of rushing in this game. Hertz over under on DraftKings is 47 and a half yards. Last week, he rushed 10 times for 61 yards at home against the Chargers. He's averaging almost 55 yards a game with 494 on the year. Jalen Hurts, I think, 
continues to rush the ball, continues to take off out of the pocket, both on designed runs and on passing plays that break down. And when he ha- has the option to do so, I think he nails the 45 and a half. So I'm taking Jalen Hurts again over 45 and a half rushing yards. Um, there's a couple that I'm sort of take, paying close attention to, but not quite taking, taking yet. One of them is Jordan Howard. His rushing prop right now on DraftKings is only 40 and a half rushing yards. Now, that's interesting when you consider that in his two games with the Eagles, he has, he's had 57 rushing yards and 71 rushing yards. So he's well over this 40 mark. I really like this rushing prop a lot. I love that 40 and a half number. The one thing that's throwing a monkey wrench into it is Miles Sanders. Is Miles Sanders going to be back this week? Right now, he's currently on injured reserve, um, and the Eagles have not taken him off injured reserve and opened up the 21-day practice window yet. However, they could do that at any time. And even if they waited till Saturday to do it, he could still play on Sunday. And on his Instagram earlier today, on Friday, Miles Sanders put out a post saying, I'm back, baby. Apparently, the Eagles haven't gotten that message yet. But point is, there is a realistic chance that Miles Sanders plays this week. And if he does, that certainly cuts into Jordan Howard's newfound workload. I'm still leaning towards taking that 40 yards because I think even if Miles Sanders plays, there's a realistic shot that Jordan Howard can still hit that 40 and a half number. I'm going to wait it out till tomorrow, see if there's any new news on Miles Sanders and see where it goes from there. The last one I like a lot, it's just not up anywhere yet is Teddy Bridgewater completions. He's only averaging just over 22, about 22.22 completions per game. However, the Eagles defense has been horrible against quarterback efficiency. As a matter of fact, Justin Herbert last week was the fifth quarterback to complete 80% of his passes or more against the Eagles. By contrast, Teddy B uh, is completing about 70%. Expect that to go up to at least 75 So if you see a completions prop pop up on DraftKings, FanDuel, or elsewhere, I'd be willing to take it up to 24, maybe even 25 completions on this game. Um, So keep an eye on that. Last one I got, Melvin Gordon, over 14 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. The Eagles give up almost 47 yards a game to running backs through the air. and Gordon would have hit this over in three of his three of his last four games. And the one game in which he would have been under, he would have gotten 14 yards. So those are my picks on the Eagles at Broncos this week. I'm taking the Eagles to win in an upset. Give me the two and a half points in the Eagles to win the game. Give me Jalen Hurts over 45 and a half rushing yards. Give me Melvin Gordon over. 14 and a half receiving yards, keeping a close eye on Jordan Howard might take that 40 and a half rushing yards, but definitely keep an eye on Teddy Bridgewater completions. If they pop up and you can get anything around that 22, 23, 24 completion rate, take it. That's where I'm at, JT. Am I crazy? Am I just bleeding green? Do I need a transfuse? You know, I hate when teams go out West and play at mile high. And um, I got to tell you, I think I'm going to go the other way and take Denver in this game. I know Denver hasn't been playing well, but the Eagles haven't been playing the greatest either. 
but I'm going to go with Denver to cover the cover that point spread and uh, and win the game against the Eagles this week. That's just my feeling. It's not it's not a great like my like it's not my great lean or my great like pick this week, but I just think playing at mile high, I'm going to go with Denver. The one prop that I do love is Jalen Hurts over rushing 47 and a half all day long. That's where I really like in this game is that prop with Jalen Hurts. So those are my two thoughts on this game. I think the game could probably go either way and I'll probably stay away from it betting wise. But if I had to bet, I'd probably take the, uh, the Broncos. Sorry, bud. It's, it's all right. Listen, we love being underdogs. You know what I mean? Me and the Eagles back into it. We're going to mile high and we're going to take them down a mile or something. Whatever. All right. Jets. Let's talk about an underdog. My New York Jets. They're home. Home this week for the Buffalo Bills. Now, before last week, the Buffalo Bills were like that shiny Maserati, Porsche. Shiny disco ball. Whatever sports car you want to pick. And then they played the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they lost to the Jags and Urban Meyer, who can't coach a lick in the NFL. They lost 9-6 to six to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, my. Lions, Tigers, and Bears, and what? Jaguars, oh my. They lost nine to six to the Jaguars. The Buffalo Bills are five and three now. And the Jets are two and six. The Jets last week, well, yeah. I don't even want to talk about the Jets last week because they got destroyed. But the Jets are home this week, and they are now 12-and-a-half-point underdogs at home against the Buffalo Bills. So let's talk about last week. Josh Allen last week, in their last, in their, I'm sorry, their first four possessions of the second half, threw two picks, one lost fumble, and after that, the game is just over. It was just over. They lost nine to six to the Jaguars. But the Jets, on the other hand, what a dismal performance on defense last week against the Colts on Thursday night. The Jets have allowed an average of 463 yards on defense in their past four games. What a terrible, terrible stat. I mean, that is insane to let up that many yards. I skipped to what everyone here on the podcast either loves to hear or hates to hear, but I'm gonna give you some stats. I'm gonna give you offense and defensive stats. Bills, defense. Oh my God, this is gonna blow your mind. First on defensive yards per game allowed, Bills first. Passing yards allowed per game, defense. Bills first. Rushing yards allowed per game. Bills fourth. So they're good or? Bills points per game allowed first per game. A lights out defense. And yeah, 
Okay, they gave up nine points last week to Jacksonville. Great. Now, how do the Jets stack up offensively against this Bills team that is really the number one defense? Absolutely terrible. Jets, 24th in yards per game down the field on offense. 14th in passing yards, 30th in rushing yards. I mean, does it get much worse than that? Probably not. And 27th in points scored. So Jets offense versus Bills defense, you'd think this game was going to be a blowout. Bills laying 12 and a half points. I mean, easy matchup, right? Jets are just going to get blown out in this game. Jets defense last in yards allowed per game third to last in passing yards allowed 27th in rushing yards allowed and their last in points allowed on defense. Again, just another sign that the jets are going to get destroyed in this game against Buffalo. Let's look at two different stats here. The bills last week, 12 accepted penalties for 118 yards against the Jaguars. The Jaguars, the Bills are seventh in the league in penalties accepted by the offense with defensive penalties, 61 penalties accepted by the offense, 555 yards of accepted penalties, a completely undisciplined team. They are fifth in that category, fifth worst. The Jets, in their last two games, have scored 64 points, 997 yards in their past two games. That's against the Bengals and last week against the Colts. Who's coming on strong? It's a rookie. It's a rookie wide receiver. It's Elijah Moore. 13 receptions, 155 receiving yards, two touchdowns in his last two games. Who's the X factor in this game? I have not mentioned his name, but I did say it last week. It is the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. At home, it's Mike Effin White. Boys and girls, you are going to see the revival of Joe Namath. It's going to be a phenomenal offensive performance by the New York Jets on Sunday against the Bills. The line is 12 and a half. Do I expect the Jets to win? Gun to the head? I do not. Do I think they're going to cover the spread? I do. Take the Jets. Take the Jets and get and give, I'm sorry, and take the 12 and a half points, take the Jets, close game against the Bills. I would not be surprised if if we see some Mike White heroic performance. Jets pull the win out, but I'm going to go a little conservative here. Jets probably lose, but they will cover the line, 12 and a half points. The over-under is 47 and a half. I'm going to stay away from that game. A A few stats and a few props here. All right, I'm going to keep with the Mike White 
uh, theme here. Mike White over 238 and a half passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Mike White. We talk about Pat Mahomes. We talk about Aaron Rodgers. We talk about Russell Wilson. We talk about all of the other rushing quarterbacks in this league. Mike White, can you please get over three and a half rushing yards this week? I'm taking the over three and a half rushing yards. Mike White, minus 115 on DraftKings. And which seems to be his favorite target when he played in that 405-yard passing game. Great odds, plus 120 on DraftKings, over four and a half receptions by Jamison Crowder. And lastly, it would be I would be remiss if I did not give you my field goal kicking props. Amendola, over one and a half field goals, plus what? Wait, wait, what? plus 170 on DraftKings over one and a half field goals by Amendola for the Jets on field goals and Amendola over four and a half points scored minus 125 on DraftKings. That's my analysis. That is my thoughts on the Jet Bills game, division rivals, division foes, at home Jets getting 12 and a half points, taking the Jets, Taking Mike White, taking the Mike White props. John, tell me you're with me. I mean, I don't know if I have enough Corona light in this house to be to 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 to, to be with you. I got I got to be honest with you. I love the enthusiasm. I do. I I, feel, I just feel like that this has bounce back written all over it. I still think the Bills are a really good team on both sides of the ball. I, even though this is a ridiculous point spread, I can see them totally covering it. And Hey man, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, man. I do, but I would go the other way. I would take the bills. And I mean, I'm not, I don't like giving, giving over, you know, double digit points anyway. So I'm not going to do that, but gun to my head. If I had to go one way or the, the other, I would take the bills, give the 12 and a half and, probably take that money and run i think maybe i'm wrong but i've got another one i feel really feel really good about and that's josh allen rushing yards um it is 30 last time i last time i looked i think it was around 33 33 and a half on DraftKings minus 115 man he's averaging almost 40 yards a game uh, last week in the, the horrible loss, he still had five for 50. The week before that, he had eight for 55. The week before that, only 26. But the week before that, he had 59. And the week before that, 41. Josh Allen is a beast. Um, he's a swashbuckler. Uh, I could see him taking off uh, on a few occasions here. So I really, really love Josh Allen over 33 and a half rushing yards there. But as far as the Jets covering the spread, I can't go that far, man. Sorry. I mean, when the Jets are up by 21 points and Josh Allen has to throw the ball from the pocket or on the run and throw the ball like, you know, 45 times. Yeah, I think that rushing total is going to be more like eight. So I guess we'll see. And I'm, I know I'm talking from my heart. I'm talking from, uh, you know, the, the green that bleeds out of me. But, hey, you know, we'll see. So, John, all right, let's go. Game two. Who do we got? 
Well, with my second game, I decided to take a one o'clock special. That's the Atlanta Falcons who are flying high again, as they say, um, four and four now, uh, winners of, I think, three out of the last four going to Dallas, Dallas with a second home game in a row, coming off that horrible loss on national TV to the Denver Broncos. They're at six and two. This, this uh, point spread has bounced around between like eight and nine, nine and a half. And currently I've got it on at DraftKings. Uh, Falcons giving eight to, excuse me, the Cowboys giving eight to the Falcons. Um, the Falcons coming off a 27 to 25 win over the Saints. At one point, they led the game 24 to six. Uh, Saints came back. Falcons hold on to win. Uh, again, like we've talked about several times already, the Cowboys are coming off a big loss at home to the Denver Broncos, 30 to 16. Cowboys reeling. Falcons rolling. Right? Right? Wrong. I'm not buying this Falcons team at all. Maybe I still am influenced by the first game uh, where the Falcons got destroyed at home 32 to six by the Eagles. But I just look at what they did so far this year. Look at who their wins are against. Last week, they beat the Saints 27 to 25. The Saints with Trevor Simeon as their starting quarterback. That shit doesn't impress me. You know, the week before they, you know, they lost to the freaking Carolina Panthers 19 to 13. Sam Darnold, that doesn't impress me. The week before that, they won over the Miami Dolphins, who I think have three wins this year, and they barely won 30 to 28. The week before that, they won as well. Sorry, JT. They beat the Jets 27 to 20. The week before that, they lost to Washington. Their only other win came against the hapless New York Giants. I'm not buying this Falcons team. I've seen this defense. It's not good. It's not good. And now that offense, which is built around incredibly Cordell freaking Patterson uh, is, you know, without Calvin Ridley for the foreseeable future, I don't buy this Falcons team at all. I think the Cowboys have a big bounce back game. I think they destroy the Falcons at home. I think they're going to run up the score on these guys, you know, Dallas, even after scoring only 16 points a game, Last week, they still have the number three scoring offense in the league. Still, that's with this crazy game against the Broncos last week. That's with a game that was started by Cooper freaking Rush. The Falcons, meanwhile, who have won three, three of four and are now the, you know, the darlings of the betting community. Are they? Not really. They still have only have the number 21 overall scoring offense. Like I said, I'm not buying it. I think Dallas wins here. I think they win big. I think they cover the eight points easily. That's the way I see it. I think Dallas runs away with it. I'm not worried about this stuff at all when it comes to the Falcons. Um, another one I like, I don't typically take over-unders. I really don't. Um, and it's, it's, not, it's not like this over-under is low. It's sitting at about 54 and a half at minus 110 right now. But um, I think, like I said before, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to score a lot of points here. I don't think the Atlanta Falcons defense can stop them at all. Uh, but, you know, that Dallas defense is not too great either. About 28th in the league overall. Um, 
The Falcons offense is probably built for it here, um, courtesy of coverage.com. The Atlanta Falcons have hit the over in four of their last five games. They're scoring about 25.2 points per game, even on the road. Meanwhile, like I said, Dallas is the number three scoring offense in the league. They both offenses are crazy in the red zone. Both of the defenses, however, are in the bottom 10 as far as defensive red zone percentage goes. So I think Dallas wins big, but I think, you know, the Falcons probably score some garbage points here. I could see Dallas winning, you know, something like 38 to 20 or something like that, or 38 to 24 or something like that. So um, I love both of those. I love Dallas to cover the eight points at home. Uh, I like the over 54 and a half uh, points right there. I like one more. It's a player prop and it's Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott over 11 and a half uh, rushing yards here. Prescott himself, he's averaging over 12 yards rushing a game. That includes a weird game against the Chargers where for some reason he had no rushes whatsoever. And that's the only time that's happened this year. Also, according to statfuse.com, the Falcons are giving up 31 yards a game on the ground to quarterbacks. I'll say that one more time. The Falcons are giving up 31 yards a game on the ground to quarterbacks. Dak himself is averaging over 12 yards a game rushing, and his prop is only 11 and a half. So give me that 11 and a half for Dak. Give me the over. 54 and a half points to be scored in the game. And finally, give me the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas freaking Cowboys to cover the eight at home against the fake charlatan, terrible trash Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. I mean, my only thought on this game is I've rolled with the Falcons last week and uh, they've actually pulled out a win, covered the line, which was about six points. They were getting six points last week. I don't really have a whole lot of faith in the Cowboys to to win games with close to double digit double digit points. So I'm going to probably take the, go the other way and take the Falcons and the points in this game. I don't really have any opinions on the props, but I think the Falcons are playing well, and I can see them keeping this game close against the Cowboys. So I'm going to take the Falcons and the points in this game. Not going to like, it's a game that only because on the pod, I'm taking the Falcons. It's not a game that I'm definitely going to take betting wise because I don't love it. I'm leaning Falcons. Don't love Falcons in this game. Yeah. I mean, I just, I've seen the Cowboys play this year. I think, you know, the offense is obviously star studded. Um, they lost a Dak for a couple of weeks with injury He's back now. I think he's going to continue to get better week to week to week. You know, we know about Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, you know, Amari Cooper. Dalton Schultz has stepped in nicely at tight end. You know, they have all the talent in the world on offense. And while the defense gives up a lot of yards, Trayvon Diggs is still just this side of a defensive MVP candidate this year. So, and I, you know, some things I look at are common opponents. Um, you know, the Falcons got destroyed by Tampa Bay. The Cowboys lost by two points to Tampa Bay. The Eagles destroyed the Falcons. The Cowboys destroyed the Eagles. The Falcons lost to Carolina. You know, the Dallas beat Carolina. I could go on and on and on. I just think the Falcons are a fake team. I think Dallas is better than I'd like them to be. So I do see this as a Dallas blowout all the way. 
Yeah, I just don't like the eight points. I just don't like the eight. I just don't like the eight. So I, I'm going to lean Falcons in this game to cover the, the spread. I don't think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be one of those, you know, 24, 17, uh, 21, 13, or I'm sorry, 21, 14 kind of games where it's going to be, you know, they're going to stay within a point or two of the line. And that's just my, my gut feeling on this game. So, all right, second game. I'm going to stay with my second game team that I had last week, and that's New England Patriots. Patriots are home. Patriots are playing the Browns. This is a, a game of two five and four teams against each other. And we don't really know who the Patriots are and who the Browns are. The Patriots are favored right now at home by two and a half points, which means usually at home you get three points. So it looks like the, the player, the, you know, the betters are moving more towards the Browns. And maybe that's because of their dismantling of the, of the Bengals last week, but no more OBJ. He's gone. He signed with the Rams this week. So Baker Mayfield does not have Odell Beckham Jr. as a receiver, but then again, I don't think he really had him as a receiver this year and, and for most part of last year. So is it a loss for the, the Browns? I guess, but he was more of like a number three, four receiver for the Browns. The Browns walloped the Bengals last week. They just absolutely like took them to the woodshed. And the Patriots pulled off a very big win last week against the Carolina Panthers. Where do I see some issues in this game? Baker Mayfield is still uh, nursing a, a shoulder injury. And I don't think he's 100%, nor do, honestly, I think he's like a great quarterback. They did shore up the offensive line. They gave two tremendous contracts to two offensive linemen for the, for the Browns but I still don't believe in Baker Mayfield. I just don't. The Patriots on the other hand, they are four and one since starting off one and three. I get it that they have not beat a lot of great teams, but they are on a three game win streak. Negatives for the Browns, no Chubb at running back out COVID-19. Patriots possibly out Damian Harris concussion protocol. Kareem Hunt, Browns, out, not going to play this week. Who starts? Dearness Johnson. Now, who's Dearness Johnson, you say? Well, in his first start, he ran for 146 yards and a touchdown for the Browns against Denver on October 21st. A phenomenal game for his first start as a running back for the Browns. So I don't think that the running game is going to be tremendously worse, but it's not going to be as great as it would be if it was Chubb and Hunt running the ball for the Browns. And with the way the Patriots are playing, I got to tell you, I mean, right now, I think I love the Patriots in this game, at least at home, only giving two and a half points. Mac Jones is completing 70% of his passes, and he's the only rookie quarterback right now to do that. Stats, real quick. I know, we all love stats, right? Browns, on. Defense, giving up yards per game, third in the league. 
ninth against the pass, third against the rush, 10th points per game allowed. Patriots offense, only 19th in yards per game, 16th in passing yards per game, 19th in rushing yards per game, 10th in points per game. But when you match up the Browns offense versus the Patriots defense, it's basically a wash. Browns defense, I mean, I'm sorry, Browns offense, 11 yards per game, uh, 11th in yards per game, 25th in passing yards per game. First in rushing, yes, but no Chubb, no Hunt. 13th in points per game. Again, these stats are skewed because their top running backs are not there, especially when they're first in rushing yards per game. Pat's offense, ninth against uh, yards per game, 11th in passing yards per game, 14th in rushing yards per game, and fourth in points given up per game. So it's going to be a tight battle. Patriots are at home. Without Chubb and without Hunt, and I know uh, Dearness Johnson had a really good game, his game against Denver, but I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. And I think the Patriots, given their three-game win streak, the Patriots are going to win this game. They're going to cover that two-and-a-half-point line. They're going to win by at least three. So I'm going to take the Patriots. I'm going to lay the two-and-a-half points. And the Patriots are my bet this week in my second game. Two quick props. Without Hunt, without Chubb, I think the Browns are going to still stick to the running game. So I'm going to go Dearness Johnson over 76-and-a-half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And I took it last week, and I, and I hit it against the Panthers. Mac Jones is a good quarterback for a rookie. But 243-and-a-half passing yards against the Browns, it's going to be a close game. I'm going to go once again under for Mac Jones. Under 243-and-a-half passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Those are my two props in the Browns-Patriots game. Patriots laying the two and a half. uh, Dearness Johnson over 76 and a half rushing yards and Mac Jones under 243 and a half passing yards. John thoughts, Browns, Patriots. Good game. Two teams, five and four fighting for playoff position, fighting for a playoff spot. Probably both wildcard teams. Yeah. There's just something about these two teams. They're just not, interesting to me they're just they're they're just they're just not um the patriots and the browns i'm like but i love some of your calls here uh in particular that mac jones um under on the passing yards i love it cleveland right now is sitting at number nine overall on uh passing defense on the passing defense rankings as far as passing yards allowed goes but i also love the patriots to win this game they really don't have a feeling that this is a Bill Belichick, you know, getting this team to coalesce as the year goes on. They're very reminiscent, not making any direct comparisons here, although I kind of am, uh, (laughs) with the early Tom Brady years where you have the young quarterback, uh, an offense that's sort of finding itself and a defense that gets, that gets better as the year goes on. I love the Patriots to cover this, this point spread right here. Absolutely do. Uh, as far as my own props on the game, I really like Hunter Henry to score a touchdown. Uh, to score anytime touchdown is plus 225 on DraftKings. Love that one. 
Also, if you want a shot in the dark bet, take them to score the first touchdown. That's plus 1,400, which you may not be a math major. Those are good odds. Uh, Henry scored on in five out of his last six games. The Patriots are four and two in those games. It really does seem like he and Mac Jones have gotten some type of rapport in the red zone, and Mac Jones looks for Henry uh, in the red zone. So if the Patriots are going to score a few times here, and I think they will, I think Henry's a great bet to get at least one of those scores. So sure, I'll throw uh, you know twenty five bucks on Henry to score an anytime touchdown and give me something. 10, 20 bucks on the first touchdown of the game at plus 1400. It's worth it. And man, I think that Hunter Henry probably has the best chance out of any player in this game, especially with Harris potentially out to score the touchdown. So uh, I'm rolling with you. I like your calls on the game, even though I may not really, really want to watch it. Uh, and even though they may be playoff teams, love the Patriots to cover the point spread. I do uh, agree with you on the Mac Jones under on the passing yards and I'll throw in my own Hunter Henry specials. Uh, anytime touchdown of plus 225 and just for the heck of it first to score a touchdown hunter henry all right so before we move to level three i'm going to throw out to you a few college football nuggets now last week i had a really big 10 theme to my picks and it was a mixed bag hit some lost some um i'm going to give you a couple different conferences this week I'm going to give you four picks where I think we really should be here in uh, college football and and where I think we're going to hit some win some money on these games. So last week, Georgia played Missouri and the line was just astronomical. Now, they scored a million points. I believe they covered the line. Twice. Twice. Sanity. But they're playing Tennessee this week at Tennessee. Georgia is the number one team in the nation. And right now the line is 20. Georgia laying 20 at Tennessee. I love Georgia in this game. Putting up style points is what Georgia is going to do. Lay the 20. It's less than three touchdowns against Tennessee. Take the Georgia Bulldogs laying the 20 points. Second game, Michigan State. What a letdown they gave me last week. I mean, they played Purdue. I believe they played Purdue, and they and they lost. But this week, don't call it a comeback. They're playing at Maryland. Maryland with Tua's brother. They're a better team. They're playing well. But Michigan State is going to be really upset about moving out of the top four in that playoff rankings. It's going to be a woodshed game. Michigan State laying 14 points at Maryland. Take Michigan State. Third game, Big 12. Big clash of the Titans in the Big 12. Baylor, right now, sitting at number 13 in the playoff rankings. Oklahoma, sitting at number eight. I don't believe in Baylor. I just don't. I think Oklahoma is a better team. And laying five and a half points, I see this game as either a touchdown or a 10-point victory for Oklahoma at Baylor. Take Oklahoma at Baylor, lay the five and a half points. And lastly, this is a game I've gone back and forth on. Who is better? Who is going to finish ahead of the other? Is it going to be Penn State 
or is it going to be Michigan? This is going to be a really big contested game, but I really feel like this year, Penn State is just not at that level, especially coming off of that four overtime loss to Illinois. And I know they've played a couple games since then and Michigan lost to Michigan State, but Michigan really turned the corner last week and beat is either, I think it was Indiana last week. They won by more than 20. They covered the line. So I like Michigan this week on the road at Penn State. The line is only one. Take Michigan laying a point at Penn State. It's going to be a crazy scene in Penn State, but I think Michigan's going to pull this game out. So lay the one point with Michigan. I am taking, let's write it down, four Four. I'm literally writing it down right now. I'm taking four favorites, four away favorites on the road this week. On the road at Tennessee, Georgia, minus 20. On the road against Maryland, MSU, Michigan State, minus 14. On the road against Baylor, laying five and a half. And on the road, Michigan, laying a point against Penn State. Those are my four college football nuggets. Let's see if the savant holds up and I win you guys some money. All right, John. We are now into level three. It's time for my track of the week. And it's, damn, I was thinking about this earlier today. We are already basically in mid-November, which is just, it's nutty. It's nutty to me. But, I mean, let's face it, there isn't really, like, a Thanksgiving season, right? Like, I love Thanksgiving, you love Thanksgiving, we all love Thanksgiving, but there's not really a Thanksgiving season. It's really just, you know, it's the week of Thanksgiving, right? That's Thanksgiving, basically. Um, I, myself, am a big Halloween fan, and I let the Halloween season sort of extend into November. And that sort of informs my choice for my track of the week this, uh, this week, which is a a house slash tech house track with a bit of an eerie feel to it um, has an incredible vocalist on it the production is amazing just absolute geniuses the duo uh, that made this track from a couple of years ago actually it's called watchers the group is called glitch matrix and that's my track of the week this week because you know I, there's something about it that i just uh I just like a lot, and it's perfect for this, you know, extended Halloween season into November. That's my track of the week. Glitch Matrix, Watchers. There is no better duo. There is no better DJ production group than Glitch Matrix. And any track produced, made, remixed, whatever the case might be by Glitch Matrix is going to be phenomenal. Great pick, John. Love it. Nice of you to say that. I am going to... Uh, and many of you out there that listen to this podcast are probably thinking, 
Now, who is Joshua J.T. Buckner going to go with on his track of the week? I'm guessing it's probably going to be a trance track. Something by Joshua Thomas? It is not going to be this week. I'm going dub. I'm going dub. I'm going dub. And I just cannot get enough of this track that I used to love from years ago. And I fell in love with it again after, I don't know, I just found it. Like I dug into my crate and I found it. The Thrill, Nero. A sick track, The Thrill. Remixed sometimes by Skrillex. But The Thrill by Nero is just a phenomenal track that I've just been listening to over and over again this week. And that's my track of the week. Man, I did not see that coming. You know, no one saw it coming. It was like a, it's like a, uh, a, a, a 60 mile an hour Ufus pish where no one sees that coming from Mariano Rivera. But yeah, The Thrill by Nero is my track of the week. So listen, everybody, this ends week 10 of Wagers Ragers. May your bets be sharp of course always be sharp listen to our advice and your caches be bountiful we are out we are on the other side of the second half of the nfl next week is week 11 we will see you next week we are out see you later goodbye adios later